Before we get to this week's episode, we've got a few things to take care of. First, we want to let you know that our audio course is finally out on Himalaya Learning. The Wildlife of Your Home pod course is a 10-episode series that will train you to become an indoor wildlife investigator, a rare kind of scientist. You'll learn about ecosystems by discovering the unknown creatures you wake up with every day. It's available right now on learning.himalaya.com tumble. If you enroll now, you'll get a free 14-day trial on the Himalaya Learning platform. And next, we got some new patrons to thank. Roland, Bridger, happy belated birthday on August 2nd, Bridger. Your dad loves you and loves all the adventures you go on. Isaac and Aurora Lang, Ian Skinner, Aaron, Holly, and Charlotte. And Charlotte, happy birthday on August 15th. Keep learning and asking questions. Your mommy loves you. And also Cleo Chan Testa. Keep learning and shining, and happy birthday on August 21st. There are also some more not-new patrons with birthdays coming up. Persephone Schmitter, happy birthday on August 14th. Leo Liked Gould, happy birthday on August 15th. Your parents love you and are so grateful for you. Catherine, happy birthday on August 16th. Emma Kay, happy birthday on August 21st. Mom and Dad are always so proud of you. Julian Butel, happy birthday on August 21st. Thanks to all of you and to everyone who supports Tumble on Patreon. If you'd like to get a shout-out like these people, or get a happy birthday wish from yours truly on our podcast, just go to patreon.com slash tumblepodcast and pledge at the $5 level or higher. Once again, that's patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. Hey, Marshall. Yeah? Remember how last time on Tumble we did an episode answering kids' science questions? Yeah, uh, still waiting on the cupcakes. I'm still saying that kids' science questions on podcasts are better than cupcakes. Agree to disagree. Maybe. Anyway, we have many more kids' questions to cover about astrophysics, insects, invisibility cloaks, and much, much more. In the meantime, enjoy this new episode with a new science question. From a new kid. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. And this is Tumble, the show where we explore the stories behind science discovery. Today, we're talking about dogs. And we'll find out that even a simple question about dogs can be harder than it seems to answer. Okay, so Marshall, you got this question for us. Uh, Yeah, so as many of you may or may not know, when I'm not recording this podcast or sleeping, I am a middle and high school music teacher. One day during lunch, I asked one of my sixth grade students for a science question. The first thing you should do is just say your name and what grade you're in. Okay. My name is Amalia Allen, and I'm in sixth grade. I have a list of topics I'm supposed to ask you about. So theoretical astrophysics which is like stars, dogs, which I think you know what those are, yes. and insects, I think you know what those are. You have two insects at home? No, I have two dogs at home. Okay. Two dogs. Okay. Think about not just like what you're curious about, but also think about like how do we know. Make sense? Okay. So what makes dogs so loyal? like that question. What makes dogs loyal? What do you think we mean when we say that dogs are loyal? 
Um, I think that means that they're, you know, faithful to their owners. They're unlikely to betray them or run away or, unlike cats, not constantly plotting their owner's demise. That's true. That, I don't think our dog would do that. No, I don't <laughs> think he's scheming right now. I think he's mostly just thinking, It would be nice to have treats right now. I will think about treats. Does being loyal mean that a dog would protect an owner from danger or save them in an emergency? I mean, I suppose some dogs would do that, but our dog has these like short little stubby legs. I don't think he'd be able to protect us with them. Well, I mean, so there's lots of open questions about Amalia's question. So I called up Mia Cobb, who's a canine scientist and half of the team that runs the blog, Do You Believe in Dog? Hey there, Lindsay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Okay, I'm just going to put you on speaker. Obviously, you can hear me as Australian. Uh, yeah. And I asked her Amalia's question, what makes dogs loyal? And her answer really surprised me. I would say, do we actually know dogs are loyal? Do we actually know that dogs are loyal? I mean, what does she mean by that? There's a couple of ways to look at loyalty. I think my dog is loyal to me. I, I would like to think if I was standing in a paddock with five different people and we all called him, that he would come to me and you could say that's because he's loyal. If I put on my ethologist hat, so if I get all scientist, I could look at that same situation and say, well, sure, he comes to me. But that's because I feed him twice a day. And he's learned that hanging out with me is beneficial to him. Sure. I mean, okay, that makes sense. So, you know, our dog had another owner before us. And uh, now he only wants to hang out with us and not that old owner. Because we're the ones who are feeding him. Yeah, and sometimes we give him treats and take him for walks and uh, say nice things to him. (laughs) You're a good boy. Mia brought up another point. We talk all the time about how dogs feel, but can we actually know what dogs feel? We know that animals can feel pain. We know that they can suffer. We know that they can be frustrated. We know that they can be happy. So it's okay to talk about some of these emotions, but something like loyalty, we haven't worked out how to measure that yet. And without being able to actually be inside an animal's head and without subtitles that tell us what they're thinking, we can't assume that they feel all of these feelings, particularly the ones like loyalty, in the same way that people do. Okay, so from her perspective, loyalty is sort of this thing that we can't measure. Right, but we have this idea that's been around forever that we hold on to that dogs are loyal and that they're not only friendly and faithful, but they actually support us, that they'll save us if we were in danger. You know Lassie, right? Well, yeah. I feel like everybody knows Lassie, but I don't know if I've ever seen any episodes. Well, I mean, you get the point that every week, the dog Lassie saves her human from danger, a little boy named Timmy. You get I guess the... you've seen more Nick at Night than I have. I just was just watching episodes on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but... Mia told me about a super interesting experiment that challenges what she calls the Lassie effect. So an owner walked into a strange building with their pet dog. The experiment was set up like this. 
The owner and the dog went into a small room to say hello to a stranger, so the dog knew that another person was there, and then they would walk into a larger room with a small bookcase in the middle of the floor. And so the owner kind of got distracted looking at the bookcase and let go of the lead, and the dog would sort of wander off sniffing around in the room, and then the owner would pretend that the bookcase had fallen on them and pushed them down to the ground, and they called to the dog for help. (laughs) That sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it looks as ridiculous as it sounds, and the video's actually on YouTube. Okay, (laughs) okay. So she just tipped this harmless bookcase on top of herself. And now she's pretending she's pinned. The dog is now sniffing the wall. It's a very interesting... Okay. Brandy, go. Go get help. Nope. Not not happening. Now, if we think that dogs are really loyal, we might think that the dog would go to the stranger in the adjoining room and signal to them that their owner is in distress, that they've got this problem being stuck under the bookcase. The dogs just kept sniffing the room. Most of the time they didn't even walk over to the owner who was calling for help. So this wasn't just Brandy being a horrible dog. It was like 28 dogs that didn't go for help. Oh no. 28 horrible dogs. It's just the worst dogs. No, they actually look like normal dogs to me. So, so does this experiment prove that dogs aren't loyal? Well, I think the part of loyalty where you assume your dog would help you if you were trapped under a bookcase. <laughs> so yeah, but don't you think that the dog might have been able to tell that their human was not an actual danger? Like if dogs can smell fear? I mean, I think they could probably just tell it was fake. Also, like, how would they have known that they were supposed to go get help and not do something else, like just lick their owner's face? I wondered those same things, so that's why I called up Krista McPherson, who did the study, to see what she had to say. Hello? Hi, Krista. This is Lindsay. Hi. So Krista told me she was a young student when she did this experiment a couple of years ago, and she'd grown up with rough collies, and that's the kind of dog that Lassie is. And she wanted to see if this Lassie effect was real. So I think I, as much as anyone, really wanted to believe that my dog was going to save me. And and he did. The, the video is online and it's hilarious. Do you think that dogs could have known that the experiment was a setup, that it wasn't a real emergency and that the owner was faking it? Yeah, that is an excellent question, and no experiment is perfect. Um, A human experiencing a real emergency is presumably going to emit um, adrenaline or um, some type of pheromone that that a dog would likely be able to smell. And so I can't replicate that because these aren't genuine emergencies. Marshall, I, I think that means that you had a really good point which I don't think you should be nearly as surprised about as you are. But what did we actually learn from the study? Dogs are certainly capable of heroics. What we're saying is that they don't seem to have this insight. I think the lesson is the 
dog who played Lassie was a good actor. <laughs> well, or it was very good editing. So unless your dog is trained to save people or the emergency also puts the dog in danger, they're not going to search for help. What I mean, what does this say about dogs and loyalty? I'm, I'm really excited to tell you about this. Remember, we're talking about this experiment because Mia brought it up to prove that dogs aren't loyal. But Krista says it's the opposite. When the owner's trapped under that bookcase, there is a significant tendency for the dog to stay very close to the owner, if not touching the owner. In some cases, the dogs would actually like lay on top of the owner. Um, and to me, I, I would characterize that as loyalty, right? So do you think that you could call dogs loyal? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, dogs have been uh, selectively bred over thousands of years to attend to us and to work with us. And, uh, you know, that's why, that's why we love dogs so much. Um, dogs will consistently go out of their way to interact with people. And uh, absolutely, I, I would say that's 100% loyalty. I really love what we've come to here because we have two different dog scientists with two different opinions. And I think that's so interesting. Um, you know, Mia said there's no way to measure loyalty, which I think to a certain extent is true. It just looks like, you know, we have two scientists with two different definitions of what they think of when they say loyal. Yeah, and Krista says dogs are loyal because we've bred them to be that way, to want to interact with us. And I think that would answer Amalia's question, what makes dogs loyal? Okay, so, but if we can't measure loyalty, how do we know anything about what makes a dog loyal? I mean, that's another really good question, so maybe we should make an experiment. Ooh, we get to come up with all sorts of things that prove that dogs are loyal, like, uh... Or disprove. Sure. So we could ask things like, when you're in an argument, does the dog take your side even though they see that maybe the other person is right? Or after you have that argument, do they come over to comfort you instead of the other person? You could give them like two seats at a lunch table and see who they decide to sit with. <laughs> That's a really good way. <laughs> yeah, and no holding chicken underneath the table allowed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our show for today. Thanks to Mia Cobb. You can read more about the science of dogs on her blog, Do You Believe in Dog? Also thanks to Krista McPherson, who's a PhD student at Western University. We'll have a link to her videos of the experiment on our Facebook page. Find us there and like us. Our last thanks go to Amalia Allen for asking a not-so-simple question. But a really good question. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I produce this show. I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I make all the music. Sarah Lent is our associate producer. Ashley Cox is our social media and newsletter maven. You can subscribe to our podcast recommendation letter for families at tumblepodcast.com. And if you like our show, leave us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate it, and we love to hear what you say about the show. And tune in next time for more stories of science discovery. Give me a Z!